welcome to a new episode of Hallback Heartbeats, a podcast all about Hallback Heartbeats, and I'm your host, Camille. Today, I am joined by friend and fellow Hallback Heat fan and podcaster, Dara, from your Hallback Podcast. And she was here a couple of weeks ago during a fall review, preview, but she's back because we are going to do a book versus movie discussion on South Beach Love. We, she's the only other person that I know who was crazy. <laughs> How are you, Camille? Thank you for having me on again. Thank you for coming back. We had like a lot of fun the last time. And I yes, am hoping <laughs> under two hours. We got we gotta rein it in. We gotta rein. I don't even know if my battery can handle it in all honesty. So it might just cut us off even if we go to two hours. (laughs) But yeah, we are hoping that um the the last time we talked it took it was two hours, but there was an excuse. It was twelve, it was twelve movies. So we just talk about one this time. Yeah, it was understandable. Okay. So this time we're gonna talk about it. All right, so let's start. South Beach Love just aired this past Saturday, and it starred Taylor Cole and William Levy. Taylor Cole is a Hallmark darling. She's been in so many Hallmark movies, I can't even count anymore what movies she's in. If you need to know, just IMDb her. Uh, William Levy is uh, is a star in the Latin world, in the Hispanic world. He's, uh, he's done a lot of telenovelas and stuff. And, um, people know him also from Dancing with the Stars. I think he was just a finalist. But he did a couple of movies too that I've seen. So I, I knew of him before this movie as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then um, the book is also with the same name. And it, there it is right there. It's Happy Schlub. Um, it is written by Carrie Dad Pinheiro. So the book came out before the movie. So what made you want to read the book first? Um, I guess because I, I, oh, that's a really good question. I wanted to see what I was getting myself into. I think to put it in a few words, I wanted to know what I was getting myself into with William Levy being in a movie. I was like, uh-uh. When they, <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm getting this book. And then I wanted to see how close to the book the movie was going to be. Mm. <laughs> Spoiler alert, it, had, it did not get close oh, man. to the book. Man, I'm like at that point, just change the name and say it's loosely in- or say it's inspired by or something like I that. I know, but um, the only even the characters names were not even the same. That's what like they they changed characters, but yeah, they changed the plot lines, <laughs> everything. I mean, like the only the only thing really common was Tony, Sarah, and Kitsuneras. <laughs> and they they still were broke both chefs yeah which is in the book yeah and but the feel the the vibe the plot line the backstory everything was just different 
Very. Like also, shout out to Carrie Dad Pinero because she said that she will be 100% listening to this podcast. So I hope we do your book well as you be hope to do your book well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I wonder if she saw like the final before it aired. She did. Oh, so she watched the final as live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just talked to her. I just talked to her a couple of days before the um movie aired and she told me nope she never saw it a lot and she had the uh producers had called her when they were making the movie and they were like you know what parts of the book do you think was supposed to put it and what I was like you would want carried on to the um movie and she was like you know the feel of family and the families working together and the girls growing from like being a girl, you'll be a child to adulthood. And I honestly feel that part was also missed in the movie. The whole like transition from girl, like, I mean, woo! I mean, I get, I get it. I get it. In movies, it's a visual thing. So you can't really take time to explain what a quinceanera means. Like you can't really have a character talking for five minutes what the traditions of a quinceanera is or whatever. So you, you, it's all visual kind of thing. But they could have at least given some kind of historical reasoning for it. And I, I don't know it. what quinceaneras are. I had to, I remember in Hallmark Channel's um, one of their posts promoting the movie, someone asked and I responded. I said, because they were like, what is a quinceanera? And I responded. And someone who's in the Hispanic Latin community was like, yes, thank you. You know, dear, I was under my dear Hallmark name. They're like, thank you, dear Hallmark. Like, that's exactly it. And, but I, I caught little glimpses of like the shoe exchange yeah. when they were going from sneakers to heels and giving their doll. I think they should have explained that given the dolls though thing, because I feel like that was such a pivotal moment it's like you're giving your favorite childhood doll to like uh an important little girl in your life whether it's like your cousin your niece your sister whatever and I thought that like yeah I thought that was a missed opportunity too yeah uh, even the shoes thing it's like you know they're like oh this is if if you didn't know the history of this and yes you would have thought right like some kind of Cinderella moment (laughs) right 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 the um, cultural um, representation that was going on with the shoes exchange. And yeah. then the, the other thing is in the book, which is what they missed in the movie, is that these girls were soccer players. That's why they were rivals, because they were rivals for like team captain or whatever, which my yes. 15 years old how are you a team captain of a soccer team already but anyway that's another story (laughs) but i mean that's the root of their rivalry like they competed in everything in school exactly yeah and they missed all of that and like the whole shoes exchange thing in the book was even more special because Mm -hmm. they had cleats so they were like trying to 
put their own personality into mm. this. You know what I mean? I do. And yeah, I just thought they, <laughs> I just thought it was a missed opportunity. Like the book, there's so much depth. There's so much culture behind that moment. Like even if they, okay, maybe they, they missed everybody's name and they changed like Tony and Sarah's backstory. But I think like focusing on that, like doing right by the quinceanera tradition and giving that its moment, I think the movie deserved that and it didn't have that. 100% agree with you. 100% because what was, what, what was the point of having a quinceanera if you're not gonna tell us what a quinceanera is? Like, that's what the whole movie is based it's, on, is this quinceanera that's happening. <laughs> it's going to look like any other birthday party. Like, it's just an elaborate birthday party. Yes. And they just happen to be Cuban. And yes. <sighs> Yeah. I mean, like, so someone said it before. It was like, um, you know, I don't want to call it, but it's like a token, you know, story for people of culture people of color like oh we're just gonna throw in a you know cuban story because it's a cuban story but if it's not really celebrating the the culture behind it then is it really you know what i mean yeah i do completely that's what i felt like was missing even with the setting of where it took place like you told you reminded me it took place in miami because i forgot like i didn't feel like in the book we get the descriptions of the guys hanging outside and they're in the shirt, like the button down silk shirts and the hats. And, and the, the music and right. the whole like. Right. Cuban foods and like. The Cuban you know, toast and the coffee. like The colors. And it was like the colors. Yes. Uh, yeah, they were talking about stucco buildings and all these yes. other like, you know, if you guys need to read the book. If you have are not a fan of the movie, trust me when I tell you, do not let that discourage you from reading the book because the book is one million times better. <laughs> and that's why I am so pissed off at this movie because for those who have not read the book, they're going to look at the movie and go, what, why the fuck do I want to read the book now? It sucks. And it's funny because I was listening right before this, um, Deck the Hallmark published their South Beach Love review. And Dan was talking, was um, thinking that what he saw in the movie was what was happening on the book. And Panda was the only one on the panel who read the book, but he was, he's been so far removed from it. He doesn't remember certain things. So I went into the comment. I was like, actually, this is what was supposed to go down. And this is what like, cause um, Brandon and Dan were asking like, well, is like, is Cubish really a thing in the book? Because that was weird. Like a fusion of Cuban and Irish food, which that plot line came out of nowhere. Cause that's not in the book. Nope. And I, f I feel like it, it would, if you see the movie, before reading the book it is going to put a bad taste in your mouth because the the movie in no stretch of the imagination does the book justice by no yeah. stretch of the imagination yeah okay so let's talk about some i know we've already delved into a lot especially about kitchen years but mm -hmm. i think another big sin that they did was change the background story um yes um, Sarah and Tony, mostly yes. because, oh my 
has done so many exes getting back together movies. I feel like they should have kept the background storyline because from the movie, from the book, which was, you know, she had a childhood crush on him. You know, she she was like the tag along little sister with her yep. brother and his mm-hmm. best friend mm-hmm. or whatever. And, you know, she had a little childhood crush on him and she was like shy or whatever. But and then he comes back from New York looking hot. And stuff, and she's like, um, hi, who, you know, I wonder if this guy could, is still looking at me as, you know, mm-hmm. a childhood little sister, then, you know, and can see me as an adult. And I think that's a far more interesting storyline. Completely agree. Than just Completely agree. exes getting back together. Completely agree. Completely agree. And I feel like the casting, that would have done casting William Levy and Taylor Cole that much more justice because I feel like Taylor Cole could play that even though she had pigtails and that dress and that bike I don't know what that was but I feel like that could have played um that could have done like the childlike nature of Taylor growing in um not Taylor but Sarah being seen as a woman I felt like Taylor could have played that well and I felt like Will uh, William could have played you know that Tony first of all his name is Sanchez y'all not Rodriguez like in the movie so um, playing that like Tony Sanchez, just like walking in all cool with his black leather jacket, like William Levy could totally own that. And I, I, I was looking forward. That was the one thing I was looking forward to the most when watching the movie. And I said, Paris, exes, what? I was completely floored and my head was hurting. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I, I was just mind blown with that change. Mm-hmm. I knew it was coming, but I just was like, because in the commercials they were saying it's two X's or whatever, it's two chefs or whatever. But I'm like, <laughs> this is a bunch of, that is a boring storyline. How might do better? How might seriously do better? better i have a question for you what what did you think about them turning sarah's restaurant into a food truck was it a food truck it was a food truck on the movie it was a she was in she's in a food truck and they just had picnic tables i thought Um, it was like i thought it was just like a little hut thing mm -hmm. it was Uh, a food truck because she but she ran it like a restaurant (laughs) <laughs> that just makes me even more pissed because like okay like there's nothing wrong with food trucks y'all nothing i to say that i'm a fan of food trucks i love yes. my you know food trucks i would go to north shore and eat my food truck and hello one of my favorite movies is you're making me crazy. you're making me crazy <laughs> <laughs> i love food trucks okay this is not a food truck hating podcast not in the least bit <laughs> restaurant and everything because the thing about it is for those who don't know her restaurant is sort of like um first of all the book is supposed to, it's like a family and she and her employees 
are domestic violence shelters. So, like they're shelter, um, they're people, they're girls who live in shelters, who like, you know, sh she hires them to get work. Um, so they can transition like back into yeah, the workforce. Work skills, job skills. Yeah, yeah. Or whatever. And they can like get out of the shelter and have yeah. better jobs or whatever. So her sister yeah. started this, you know, 501 C3 foundation to help with the women in shelters and stuff like that. And part of the quinceanera was supposed to go to that 501 C3. They fucked all of that up. They because oh, how beautiful of a story is that? A woman yeah. giving back to her community yes. and, not, and with her own business and fighting with her heart and saying, look, I am going to go hire these women who have zero skills, teach them how to run a restaurant, how to cook, how to manage, how to do everything so that they can have better life. Absolutely. And that then, is, that is, gonna, uh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> that is just, <laughs> I was going to say that then um, with that part, I feel like that would have turned a Hallmark Channel movie into either a Hallmark drama or a Hallmark movies and mysteries movie, because I feel like, like even what um, uh, Antonio said um, yesterday, like, they hallmarked it. So yeah. it's like they they're it has to remain lighter in some in some instances. And I but think like you should say, even if they did mention like go in depth about the 501c3 or whatever, they could have at least dropped names and you know, okay, she only had one employee in her restaurant. Because she could have had a whole bunch of employees and they were all women or something like that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or like just drop that, you know, without, I don't think mentioning that they were sh in a shelter or anything like that would have taken away the lightheartedness, but that's just me. Mm -hmm. But I mean, just, a, just to show that she wasn't just an employee or just a chef, just any other chef, to show that she had heart and she was giving back to her community would have, been, would have made people endearing to her endearing to her for her endearing to people yeah. you know what i mean yeah absolutely. And then you mentioned the braids and the dresses they met they did that go wrong does she i don't know who missed the memo who forgot to check their messages but somebody i i i just don't know i get it it's miami and so it's hot their business attire may be different or whatever is, but she is a businesswoman. You know what I mean? You can't have the dude looking better than her. I'm sorry. <laughs> he, his wardrobe was, as, as you said, was right and tight, okay? Like yeah. his wardrobe was suited and booted. I don't understand where the boy, and she's probably, if not, is number one on the call sheet. Yeah. Like how does her wardrobe <laughs> pale in comparison? to her male lead i don't know that's where the miscommunication goes <laughs> i don't the misunderstanding 
I don't, I don't get that. They tried to play Taylor younger, and I'm like, maybe that's what it was. She like they was, were. She's already. I mean, she's she's not old. So how much younger did you want her to be? And she's already younger than Will Levy. So how much younger did you need her to be? And like, Taylor, like, she has a young face, and she is one of the. She is one of the most, um, she's the one Hallmark actress I've seen where I, she could change hair with the best of them. So you just put her, like, she doesn't need the pigtails. You literally just color her hair different and that will either make her younger or older. Cause like, she's in her a mystery. Makeup, trip. less makeup. Makeup. Cause that's what they did with the young lady from um, Love Strikes Twice. To make yeah. her younger, they just put her without makeup on and because she has an inherently young face as, yeah. as I think Taylor does as well so I think if they didn't put as much makeup on we could have she could have passed for like 30 or 27 however old Sarah is um yeah and it's in just, the book uh, they, they, uh, yeah <laughs> like I do think Taylor and William were perfect perfectly casted yeah. for the roles I just think the execution in terms of like it, it just felt like it it was kind of all over the place like it, yes. it it felt disjointed maybe that's the word I'm looking for um and it, it, it yeah I don't I'm just like where is my South Beach love where is it <laughs> I know for me there are so many scenes in the movie in the book that were missing in a movie. I know that it is it happens all the time with movies sure. based mm -hmm. on books. I mean, like I remember watching Harry Potter, the first Harry Potter movie, and my best friend was like, Come here, don't, don't, don't do a running commentary on what they did wrong in the mm -hmm. movie. Because I am one of those people. Mm -hmm. But uh, um, one of my favorite part of the book, and did you get to finally this, did you finally get to this part of the book where um, they did a taste testing for the, um, <laughs> for the menu? Yes. I am so mad I missed that. I'm gonna, um, <laughs> but the happen is, okay, first of all, the girls' themes are different. Yes from the movie in the book. The book is, it's um, Samantha and Angelica. Angelica. Mm -hmm. Right? So we're gonna mm -hmm. go back Samantha and Angelica. In, in the book, Samantha and Angelica, like they go and make up this plan to get Sarah and Tony working together for their quinceanera. Mm -hmm. Their plan was genius. <laughs> <laughs> right. They're like Sarah and um Tony were at first gonna go were at first gonna like separate the courses. Like you she mm -hmm. do the first two courses, she did the last two courses or whatever. But then the girls were like, I don't like that. Let's um you know, let's get together and make them work together in the kitchen. So what they did is during their tasting menu, they acted like they mm -hmm. didn't like the food mm -hmm. <laughs> at all. And it was, it was so hilarious because how Caridad was explained, uh, wrote it, is that the families were about, were like, throw, you know, throwing daggers at the girls across 
Mm-hmm. Right. Because everyone's like, this food is delicious. What in the world? And then the girls are like, <laughs> behind the scene because they're yeah. like somebody's going to get salt. You need like something or something missing with this or whatever. And mm-hmm. it's hilarious because they're saying this as they're eating mouthfuls. Mind you, right? Eating the <laughs> almost finishing the dish. Ugh, I don't like this. I think it's this texture's off. It's missing a dash of this. Like, oh my god! <laughs> Godly. Exactly. Know. So Sarah's like, yeah, yeah, for someone who doesn't like these food, for sure, eating a lot of it. Yep. <laughs> yep. So that's when they realized that, um, you know, the girl, that they, what they were trying to do with the girls or whatever. But the thing, but, ah, uh, my favorite part about that part my favorite thing about that part of the scene that I wish this is why I wish that they put it in the movie is that this is where the girls start becoming friends. They go from rivals to friends. They start like going for the same goal. They this is like their transition to growing up kind of thing, you know. And they start liking, you know, they, they have this bigger purpose now of not just like having a rivalry quinceanera or whatever, but they are now going, no, let's work together to get auntie and uncle together. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But <laughs> they did not do that. They did not do that. Yeah. <laughs> they did it. Yeah. They made it so that look like the moms were the source of the rivalries. That's what I was. That's what I was going to talk about. I thought that was very interesting that they did that. But they never explained why the moms were fighting. Did, did I miss the backstory on why the moms? Had I was I was beef? texting through it because I had checked out. I was over it. But from <laughs> what I remember, Dolores. The Dolores said like something to the um when Maria moved out the neighborhood, it was like she forgot about her or something like that, or um like she was she didn't let her bid on the house, something to do with Maria moving out of her house. And that being it communicated to Dolores that, oh, you don't like me because you moved. Like it was something to that effect. Oh yeah, it like, was um like somebody else put a higher bid on the house or something right and they sold it and they yeah. Accept, yeah and they accepted that higher bid or something like that yeah and i'm so it's just ugh. either way that should not have stopped your kids your best friends from you know who, your kids who were, grew up as friends to be together you know you know what i mean i do I do. And also they changed the, the Maria in the book is Sylvia, actually. Yeah. Um, they did wait. Delo- yeah, it was her name was still Dolores, I think. Yeah, her name was um, Dolores. Her name was still Dolores. So that was good. But um, I, I wanted to see so many other characters for them to do a movie like The Baker's Son 
or um, what was another big one with a lot of characters? Wedding March 6th. And for them to not like put in more characters to me in, in this movie that would have rounded out the story, even like the reporter's name was different. And I felt like the reporter should have played a way more central part in the movie yeah. because she was much more conniving than what the movie was letting on. And I feel yes. like putting that in there would have made because even um again I'm going off of just listening to Deck the Hallmark I feel like it would have made more sense the conflict yeah um that was between Tony and Sarah it would have been there would have been more depth to the conflict had yeah. they had had the reporter there being as conniving as she was in the book because yeah. she was she was the on some like she had Ooh. the whole she had well mind you I do have to say, I don't think, I think that the, um, the I, I am weary about blaming it all on the reporter because she was getting, you know, sympathy or what is that called? Like she was she regretting did. it. It was she more did. her editor who was pushing the this about halfway through her. though. She's, she was an instigator. Like she yeah. instigated a lot of it. Yeah, she did. Then she started going, "Oh crap! What the heck am I right. doing?" So then, like, he, right, she she started to pull back, but her editor was like, "No, no, no, keep doing it because we're getting like likes and hits on the website and everything else." Right, which is what I would like. I would have loved to see that whole. Like we only get either two or three scenes with the reporter. The first scene is, oh, this is going to be good. The second scene is, I'm sorry, I took you guys' words out of context. Like what? Like it was literally the biggest jump. And I felt like to even see, get like a few little newsroom scenes um, of her editor being like, oh, we could really play this up because he's this. Also, because I'm thinking about Tony being this like one-star Michelin chef do we ever see him cooking outside of that scene with Sarah where he's like looking at her with all these googly eyes? Like, do we, we don't see him cook a daggone thing. Not one single thing. I mean, you're this one star Michelin chef. I ain't seen you touch nothing. Food. <laughs> nothing. No, no food. food, not a glass, not a measuring cup, not a whisk, nothing. No. Nope. I'm like, fam, I I don't, I don't mean to like I do not mean to talk down Will Levy because he's you know he's a good actor probably. He's but I do have to say I feel like I feel like Hallmark hired him for his looks more than like anything else. And they knew exactly like, what he was what they were doing. <laughs> they hired him for his looks and for his like fans. You get what I'm saying? Sure, sure. That's why um, the clip that I just put up on my Instagram was like, yeah, you can be handsome and everything, but I need you to bring it. Like, yeah. I felt like, um, and he he did he did some acting. Like, he did it. But I think because of the writing and the plot, it did him a disservice because he wasn't able to show, like, the character Tony wasn't given justice I feel like so even in the parts where he came off mad aggressive but like 
I'm trying, I want to make sure I word this right. The parts where he came off, like, let, let me take you out. Let's go for a walk. Let me take you to breakfast. Let me take you to lunch. He does do that in the book, but it's spaced out more. Yeah. Like there's conversations and you hear, you find this inner turmoil of him even trying to work up the nerve to ask her. Like, yeah. I felt like instead of going like a 180 and him being like this kind of like, go to lunch with me, go out with me, go to breakfast. Let's take a walk. I'm like, fam, you just got back after 15 or 10 years and you trying to be all up in my business? Like, calm down. Like, that's kind of what I, that rubbed me the wrong way. <laughs> that really did rub me the wrong way. Yeah. Uh, anyway. I, and then of course there's some characters missing in the book yes. that were, it's, that were not in the movie. And that's where you were saying, like, it should have had the, the of the bigger cast. Now, mind you, I don't. So do you think really that Jerry and Rick was was um, integral, or they you would have been fine with them not being in the movie? I I personally wanted to see what Rick and Jerry would have looked like in the movie, and I would have loved to see. Uh, because I didn't see a relationship between Tony and Matt like they were trying to play it up to be and which they didn't in the book like he was closer because in the book Sarah has two brothers so it's not just Matt they the movie does get right that the niece that she's cooking for is Matt's daughter yeah but she has another brother an older brother is he is Rick the oldest one or is Matt I, I don't know I that remember. I don't know. I know she's the she's the youngest, yeah. but um, there's an older brother, another brother, Rick, who is best friends with Tony, and they all grew up together, like you talked about, which is how they all know each other. And I would have loved like the B plot of their romance and seeing something with with them. And I just thought they're like even their decision to make Jerry into a black man named Kevin. I thought that was like, I thought that was very interesting. Everything was just interesting. <laughs> it just, uh, I did not, I, I did not like, I did I feel like Jerry was just, I mean, Kevin or whatever the guy's name is, he was not there. Like, I don't even remember him. Like he's, he, yeah, he could have not been in the movie and it would have been okay because yeah. his part didn't really play that much, didn't no. hold weight. No. It just didn't. I don't even remember what he said or anything. Boom. In the movie. <laughs> I mean, what more do you have to say? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So now we've highlighted all the negatives and all the whatever and all our rants. I, I do want to highlight a couple of costumes that they did include in. Yes. Now, one thing that they did include in the movie, even though it was very, very, very small, is um, Sarah debating if she was as a if she as an Irish girl had a right to do these mm. kind of dishes. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. It, they talked about it more in the book, mm-hmm. but. You know, and they had a really small scene about it. And I wish that they had doubted it too in the movie. It was like, well, well she, yeah. Would, is she a right to, as a cute Irish girl to cook 
Cuban dishes. And Dolores said it right too. She's like, you're learning it from me. You're learning it from a real Cuban person. You're doing it the right way. You're not like culturally appropriating it and calling it yours or whatever. You know, that's the difference between cultural appropriating and cultural appreciation. Yeah. And that was something else I would have loved to see more of Sarah and Dolores's relationship too. Yeah. Because I felt like there was a deeper sister bond that was established in the book that we that didn't play out in the movie. But I liked, like you said, that she had that moment of like, oh, like what what do you want with this Irish girl cooking for over a hundred Cubans? Like what in the world? Yeah. Um, but yeah, literally did out to everything, everything you said regarding that. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Also, they did uh, mention the um, discrepancy with female and male chefs, which was also part of the book where she was like, you know, I have a harder time finding, you know, banks that would loan me money Mm -hmm. than a male chef. And this is why I need the magazine. Um, because like this would give me publicity and it would probably open up more doors for me than you because you already have the doors and you're just your man and you're one Michelin star chef. But anyway. I I wish she would have said it like that though, Camille, because the way it was written was not like that and it felt awkward. Like it felt like they just randomly wanted to insert a moment where she's campaigning for women chefs, which I understand like, yes, it's like that is important. And she does a, Caridad does a very good job of it in the book, but I think it was just awkwardly placed. Placed in, yeah, yeah, it was just awkwardly placed there. But I think how you, like literally how you said it was perfect. Yeah. I, I yeah. there's so many misses in this movie, y'all, <laughs> like so many. And I did I, like that they tried to do, I mean, they it was executed poorly, but they tried to include some dancing. They tried to include some salsa. Yeah. I liked that they had them talking. Like, uh, it was a little bit like they were um, going in and out of Spanish. And it was like, they didn't explain what it was. They just like said it. I appreciated that. I was like, yes, yeah, speak your language. Like, I don't, I don't, if I need to know, I'll look it up. I loved it. Like, I, yeah. I appreciated them like, dipping in and out of um some spanish phrases at times i, I want appreciated some, that i want some food though now i got i, I like watching the whole, i don't shoot i want I, I need some recipes for some ropa pie or whatever. speaking of recipes in the back of the book that's one thing that hallmark publishing is consistent with they always put a recipe yeah. that's related to their um the story in the back of the book, you get a recipe for tres leches, yep. a cake with banana and coconuts. Yeah, yeah. They also, um, they also, um, Karen said that on her website for the book, she also has some recipes. On her oh, that's awesome. So caridadpinero.com, I think. You can go look it up. She has some recipes on uh, on her website from the book as well awesome yeah but no money in the world would make me eat a foie gras hamburger did, she, did they have like a foie gras hamburger in there just foie I can't even say it 
foie gras in general is like Ugh. so know, I just, for those who don't know that's duck liver and yep <laughs> in layman's terms and i i just I, it's gonna be a, a no for me dog i just can't do it <laughs> but anyway um anything else you want to add I do want to say that there is a book to movie adaptation that I think did. So I wanted to, there is a book to movie adaptation where the movie is completely different than the book, but the movie by itself is so good that you don't even care that it's different from the book. And what is that? The Mistletoe Promise. Uh That the book, the movie is top tier shelf, grade A Christmas movie. But Tyler Hines said, um, Luke McFarlane that's Tyler Hines is the mistletoe secret oh which is a part of this mistletoe oh, Luke series McFarlane and Jamie um Jamie King. whatever her name is yeah I Jamie love that King. movie that movie yes, was ma'am. so good yes ma'am I yep. love that. it's um so the mistletoe promise the mistletoe in with Alicia Witt and the mistletoe secret they're all a part of the mistletoe series written by Richard Paul Evans yeah now if you watch the movies you'll get your entire life if you read the books, they are the most depressing piece of fiction you'll probably ever read. <laughs> I, I, and I, I I'm, I'm like for real. And like, there's these trigger warnings. There's a suicide. There's um, a divorce. There's uh, cancer, cancer diagnoses. Like throughout the whole series, there's um, extreme loneliness and anxiety. Like these, the, there's domestic violence and domestic abuse. So like these books are incredibly dark, dim and depressing. Well told though, but you would not have known. See, like that reaction right there. For those of you who are listening, her mouth is open. Like the <laughs> movies were, so, <laughs> the movies are so dang light and cheerful and good that you would not have thought that the, that the books were like that, that. like how the heck did Hobart turn suicide depression domestic violence into like the, these cutesy movies that we love and that's what I like that's what I feel like I'm like that was an instance where it was done well yeah. like I wasn't mad that when I because I read the book after I saw the movie yeah so I wasn't mad that it was I was surprised but I wasn't mad. So I just wanted to put that out there. There is hope that book to movie adaptation movies are really good. So. <laughs> oh my goodness. So um, I, I, let me put it this way. I am now skeptical of reading books first <laughs> before watching the Hallmark It movie. messed me up. My head was hurting. <laughs> I promise you. I literally, when you DM'd me, you said my thoughts as I was thinking it right then, because I'm like, why did I do this to myself? Because I thought, I, I told myself when I do my review, it's going to be a strictly based on the movie. Yeah. And I'm watching the movie and I'm like, wait, that's not her name. That didn't happen. They're not there. What's that? What's happening? <laughs> like, I didn't know it was going to be like As that. I was live tweeting this, I kept going, that did not happen in the book. Where is this in this book? Why is this not happening? And it's so funny because Hallmark, one of the um, editors for Hallmark Publishing was the one liking my phone, my tweets. Hallmark Channel was ignoring my tweets. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's funny. That's yeah. funny. Yeah, it's hilarious. So anyway, but yes, everyone who did not like the movie, go read the book. The book is 100 times better. It's South Beach Love. You just missed the sale. They, it was it was on sale for 99 cents for a week. Um, you just missed it because it ended on, on Sunday. <laughs> anyway, um, before we cut off, I, I let's just talk a little bit about um, the vows we keep, oh. which was on Hallmark <laughs> movies and mysteries. <laughs> I love you, Antonio. I love you. Oh, you the homie. You are the homie. Know this. I'm looking like in the camera. Like know this. You are the homie. We love you, Antonio. We do, we do. And, you know, we're grateful for you joining us on IG Live yesterday. We, we, we do. I love you very much. And I, I'll see you uh, later this week or tomorrow. Anyway, but, um, <laughs> yo, like, okay, so here's the thing. This movie gave me um, Wedding March vibes, and I did not like Wedding March. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. Tell us how you really feel. I I was I was like, why does that like when she came or no when he came onto the landing, I was like, why does that look familiar? I was getting deja vu um yeah. feels and I'm like wedding March 6th. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't like that. I didn't like the way I liked wedding march four and five because Tyler and Andrew and Cindy loved, but um yeah, no. It didn't work in this movie. <laughs> I mean, it, oh. I, 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 yeah, I think both of these movies are one and done for me. Absolutely. Is it wrong I deleted the recording right after? Like, I didn't even... Because <laughs> I, I make it a point to record every premiere just in case, like, if I'm late to it or whatever, so I can oh, yeah, go back and here. watch... So I yeah I deleted the recording right after it. I was like, oh man, this and the vows we keep isn't it isn't bad. It was just mad boring. Like I don't, I just didn't care. I I didn't care. And she even when she was crying, I started laughing. I had to watch myself. Like the part when she when she started crying with her when she was talking to her dad about. Like he was so nervous to speak at his daughter's wedding and something. And she told him something and she started crying. I was, and I started laughing. I'm like, I should not be laughing at this part, but I'm like, what is it? I, I just. I do have to say, hold up. There are some good things. One, I like the wedding bell. After they like fix yes. the frilly neckline. 
Yeah. So they took out the frilly neckline and like took out some frills. I like the wedding dress and I like the high low, like the high low hem of the dress. The yes. I like that. I think that's unique. That's different. I like the dress. And number two, I hated the boss. And that's exactly what they want you to do. I hated the boss. They like literally made him the most misogynistic asshole in the movie. I wanted to like literally cuss him out every single time he came on screen. <laughs> I will say that was my favorite scene because I felt it. Like she acted her behind off in that scene where she actually got the gumption to tell him that yeah. she deserves a promotion. And he's yeah. like, ah, sorry, but not I'm... sorry. You missed your yeah. window. You should have said it earlier. Cause George is here now, blah, blah, blah. And George I couldn't could... even do the fucking job. <laughs> so like, that's why you went to hired her, called her to help you do his job that you hired him to do. That whole, that scene between, yeah, I felt that scene was well done. And she conveyed that conflicting of like, I still got a job, but I'm not where I want to be. This isn't it. Like I, I felt that. I felt that that tug to like quit. And yep. that that was really good. Antonio's hair was sharp. Bro, your hair, his haircut was sharp. I really, for some reason, I felt like I've never seen that cut or that style of cut on him before. Yep. This looks new to me. And I, I liked it. I liked the fits they had him in, the colors that they had him in. Loved it. But that's about it. <laughs> yeah, I I liked um, I liked that we saw a conflict with older, um, with elders. Yeah. Like I I feel like I feel weird calling them elders with older people. <laughs> like I, although I felt like the conflict, I'm like you just mad at her because like I still felt like them not talking for 15 years it was something so petty. Yeah. In like in the grand scheme, I'm like, okay, so y'all just didn't talk for 15 years, cause why? I still don't remember why they they stopped talking for 15 years. The two the sisters, but um, yeah, I'm ready for Christmas. Um, I'm just <laughs> I'm just ready. Yeah, two weeks. We have two more weeks to go. But we I have so. advice to love by with Brooks Darnell and Aaron Westbrook. Advice to love by. I'm actually I, looking forward to that. I. I argue because of the brown people. I'm completely yeah. honest. Like I'm just like, yeah, Brooks, yeah, Aaron, close us they're, out. They're they're cute. They are they're they are too cute. They are adorable. They're they are really adorable. I, mean, I like. I feel like Brooks also is bringing a different look because I don't think he's brought facial hair to a role before. Like he's yeah. been clean shaven with them with a winter getaway with Nazneen and yeah. then with a Christmas miracle with Tamara Mori Housley. He was he was clean faced. So to see him with facial hair, got the lineup going. I'm in it to win it. I'm ready. And Erin looks adorable. Yeah. Like with her her long hair bangs. Like she just looks yeah. adorable. I'm here for it. I like oh I'm excited about that too. And oh, did you see the um, the ad for Taylor's Christmas movie? Taylor's I saw the band like at yeah. the bottom of the movie. Yeah. Do you know who her leading Carla man Marsh. is? Carla Marsh. David. <laughs> David from Chesapeake Shores. I can't. I, I was the one who kind of broke the news on Twitter. 
You remember that article that I that they quoted me on? That was me who um, telling them that it was Carlo that was her close story. I need something else to throw. What? <laughs> yes. And I'm saying this because I just finished season two. I just watched episode 10. So I'm like fresh in the, the Chesapeake Shores Bay. I could smell the salt water. Oh, that's going to be. I, I love Carlo. He is I adorable. Love, I love Carlo. He is like the most awesomest dude. I'm, like, I, I can't. Uh, I feel like he's like the next Tyler Heights for Hallmark. Because I honestly feel like. He has yet to do a role that is bad. He hasn't had a bad role yet. I'm in it to win it. He's done um, the one with Lacey Chabert, mm-hmm. who is falling for Vermont or somebody. That's in my queue to watch. I didn't know that was him. Yeah. And then he did um, Christmas with the Darlings. And then now he's doing. That was him? Yes. See, that's just the thing. I watch movies having no idea of who the, like, I just kind of watch them. And then I, I see him in something that I like. And then I'm like, what else is he in? And I'm like, he I, was in this? I love him. I love Carnival. If you are listening, please come on my podcast because I am a huge fan. I love you. You do no wrong. You are handsome. I want to marry you. I want him to be my key person. (laughs) This is one Christmas proposal. That's the next Hallmark (laughs) book. But anyway, yeah, he stars um, with Taylor Cole in Merry Christmas Spirits Bright or something like that. Making Spirits Bright, which I'm wondering, is it about wine? (laughs) Honestly, that was my I thought it was about ghosts. Shoot. Oh, I'm like, oh, is this about like <laughs> wine because of wine and spirits? I don't know. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh my God, you're too funny. Here I am thinking it was about a ghost. <laughs> Did you see the preview for Luke McFarlane's Christmas movie? Yeah. Ooh, first of all, they give him a black daughter and he, <laughs> I got to watch myself. I gotta remember who I am in this moment. I'm excited for that movie. I know. I, you know, I still want Luke to play at least a gay guy. The poor guy has been playing straight men for Hallmark all this time. Like, dude, let him, let him be gay. Seriously. Well, here's the thing: if he wants to, because it's yeah. like it's the roles that he auditions for and the roles yeah. that he either. Because I feel like. I don't know how the high, if there's a hierarchy or how that looks, but I yeah. feel like he's entered a space where he, they can just call him up and be like, yeah. this is Luke, this is your movie. Like he doesn't have to audition. Yeah. So I'm wondering. The I know he of has movie. a Netflix movie where he plays a gay character or something. Is it out already? I don't know. But I know he's doing a, a Netflix one. And Peter Port did, a, um, did one for Paramount last year. I get him and Brandon, the guy from Nine Lives of Christmas. I get them confused. <laughs> I don't know why. The young versions of themselves look alike to me. They do somewhat look alike. But yeah, I mean, and so yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm excited for Christmas. I'm excited for, um, we're almost there. 
and stuff. So, <sighs> anything else? You, did you want to write about no fall or you're done with that? <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm just like, take, put me on the first slate of Christmas at this point. I'm, over, I know, right? I'm over it. <laughs> okay. Well, um, do you want to tell us about your podcast? Sure. So as Camille mentioned earlier, my podcast is Dear Hallmark. And it started off as a YouTube channel where my YouTube channel reviews all of the new release Hallmark movies. My podcast reviews all of the backlist, kind of the Hallmark library, if you will. And on top of doing the, excuse me, on top of doing the Hallmark library movies, I'm also reviewing the TV shows. And so I'm currently on Chesapeake Shores about to wrap up season two because Christmas is going to take my entire life so it's like because of all the christmas movies that are coming out i'm going to stop um i'm going to kind of cut off the chesapeake shores reviews at season two which will be perfect because i would have finished it i mean the oh oh yeah you do like season two i was thinking to myself like season five is almost over (laughs) which will be great because maybe i'll be through the entire series if they're going to give chesapeake Shores. i don't know if they're going to give chesapeake shores another season they better give chesapeake shores they have nothing else if they give if they don't give chesapeake shores another season because then all they're going to have is one calls the heart and it's like that i'm sorry we're going to need something else because i don't want one calls the heart but um yeah that's i'm i that's Kind of my podcast. Um, I just review Hallmark stuff. I love Hallmark. And follow her on Instagram, dear Hallmark. She's great. Yes. She's fun. Yes. Anyway. Yes, um I'll see you guys next week where we talk about advice to love by starring Darren. Oh wait, what the hell what did I say? <laughs> Darnell Brooks and Aaron Westbrook. Thanks you guys. Bye. <laughs>